Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is your good friend, the very esteemed and well-travelled Clarence Copernicus Cloverleaf, welcoming you to another exciting edition of Cloverleaf Radio, hosted by the host with the most, Jimmy Falcon. You can always feel free to call in at 602-753-1883 to ask a question to the host or any of his well-established guests. Just please remember when calling in to be on your best behavior. This is a G-rated show, you know. Hey, that was a wicked rhyme. Anywho, just be sure to be kind and courteous. Now... On to the main event. Hello to all our dear listeners. This is your spokesman with a plan, Clarence Cloverleaf, coming to you after somewhat of an absent spell, as since December of 2018, I've been sailing around the world. From Italy to Canada, I've been making my way across this beautiful land of ours, searching for new meaning to an older existence. I'm happy to say I'm back now, and here to let you in on some stuff going on as of late. In mid-2018, the Cloverleaf Radio Network expanded to include our friends Josh and Ariana over at Night Moves Radio. It's been a splendid partnership, and Jimmy, Jane, and I are happy to welcome them to the family. They also brought along Soul Stories, which features inspiring poetry, read by the author herself, Ariana Cherry. We've been brought onto many new networks, including Anchor, the ASY Podcasting Network, WordPress, Podbean, even iHeartRadio. We've also started a fresh new YouTube page, as well as updating. Alrighty, well that promo is kind of dated now. We'll talk about the stuff in it later. But we're back for another exciting edition of Cloverleaf Radio. I'm the host of the most, Jimmy Falcon. And it's an absolute honor to welcome a young and talented actress on with us today, Brianna Densky. How are you, darling? Hello, I am doing fantastic. How are you? Things are pretty good up here. I feel kind of bad, though, because I still haven't checked out Wonder Park. Oh, no, you have to do that. It's a great movie. I've definitely looked up, you know, the descriptions and kind of looking at it, uh, you know, getting forward to this interview. And I think it's definitely something that would be up my alley because these companies, especially, uh, you know, Nickelodeon and DreamWorks Paramount, do put a lot into their uh, animated films. And they're really, uh, I think they're good for all ages. Oh, definitely. They're, like, really great for little kids to, like, sit there and enjoy and then they also provide, like, a really nice message for children growing up, and then the adults, like, get to tear up and see all the connections between characters. It's amazing. And since uh, I started there, and we may bounce around a little bit, but um, how did everything come about with you uh, auditioning for the role, finding out about it? Because uh, it seemed like it was a really long time in the work. Uh, well, the auditioning process itself was pretty long. Each when it ran from a process of either nine months to about a year where uh, I auditioned and then uh, it took a couple months and I got a call back and it took another couple months and I got a call back until eventually it was down to me and one other girl. 
and uh, we went in for one more time, and they actually, I think they used to have some of the recording from that last audition before they decided that they were going to choose me. They have some of that recording in the movie, I'm pretty sure. That's interesting. It seems like a really fun movie, and especially all these uh, stars that are in it kind of surprised me, too. Jennifer Garner, Matthew Broderick, uh, Keena Thompson, Ken Jong, Mila Kunis. Oh, yeah, there's Don a Oliver, ton of big names. Uh, and Cass Tucci, who's wonderful herself. Uh, what was it like just getting to work with such uh, big names? I know a lot of times um, you might not be in the studio with them, but I know you did, uh, like, uh, red carpets and stuff. Uh, it had to be pretty neat. Yeah, since it's um, voiceover, you already said that I don't get to work with them. They wanted me to work with um, another person in the movie, Awev, who played Bunky. Uh, they wanted to do a uh, two-person in the studio, but um, unfortunately it never happened. Uh, I got to meet Matthew Broderick during the recording process. He was in the hallway. He did the recording right before mine. And I got to meet uh, Ken Jeong, and Mila Kunis on the red carpet, and that was amazing. Ken Jeong uh, was so nice to me, and um, Mila Kunis, I didn't get to talk to her much, but it was really great to be in the presence of her, because I've, like, I've watched a ton of her stuff, especially that 70s show. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, it's great, these uh, technological leaps they've made in uh, video games and television and film, but at the same time, it seems like, especially growing up in the early to mid-'90s when I was still a kid, a lot of TV shows, at least, had full recording sessions with all the actors. Like, King of the Hill was one I remember especially. Um, so that kind of has to stink in certain ways. But still being being able to say, you know, you let a cast of all these uh, very talented, legendary actors and actresses has to be pretty awesome. Oh, definitely. I think, actually, um, I'm not entirely sure about this, but I think with movies, usually they'll have each person record individually. Actually, I just remembered... Um, Ken Jeong and, oh shoot, I feel so bad I forgot his name, uh, the other person who played a beaver, um, they were in the recording studio together because they were the beaver brothers and they had to be so um, close to each other. <laughs> Apparently they had a ton of fun times together. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, Keenan and Ken was beaver. And uh, I guess there was different versions for UK as well. So that's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, the different countries. Um, I know UK uh, changed out the beavers. And I think one other character. And I think there's another uh, English-speaking country that switched them out as well. Very interesting. And, of course, you, you are still young and up and coming, as they would say. But you've been doing uh, entertainment in, in numerous facets for quite some time. Uh, how young were you when you first got your stage start? And um, I know that you love to sing as well. It's pretty awesome. I, I don't remember the exact age, but uh, I think my first ever show was called Character Counts. It was in elementary school, possibly second grade. And then after that, um, I think every year I was in a uh, onstage show. That is awesome, and I'm sure just the uh, the experience and, uh, you know, getting out, it seems like getting out in front of a crowd has been it's the hardest part uh, for many people. I know I, even after I took a uh, speech class in college, uh, if I'm still giving a presentation or something at a con, it's still really difficult to look out and see 
35, 40 people, it's always seems easier if there's uh, multiple hundreds of people. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how you'd think fewer people would be easier, but it's actually the huge crowd that um, is a lot easier to entertain. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. me, um, I've always loved the stage, so um, getting up and talking in front of a group of people wasn't always too hard, but I definitely prefer a big group over uh, just a couple people. Absolutely. It seems like, uh, especially they say in comedy, uh, you can turn a crowd really easily. If you get five people, ten people laughing, it just fluctuates. Laughter is definitely contagious, and that's great. <laughs> and uh, one of your schedules I found pretty cool, you played Annie Jr., uh, and that's pretty awesome, and getting to uh, even going to New York and auditioning for the actual stage play. Uh, what was that whole experience like? Annie was uh, such a, a big film uh, growing up in, in my youth, watched it a lot, and, of course, it, it's just become iconic, the character. Playing Annie was a fun time. I think it was my first time being, like, the lead, the protagonist. Um, I had tons of fun, and when all eyes are on you, like, the entire time, it's a little nerve-wracking, but... Um, Apparently, I've been told that the, I think, theater director in my school was waiting for the perfect kid to do the show Annie so that they could play Annie. And then I auditioned the year before, and she says, that's my Annie. So that was really fun. And then that is the same teacher who went with the principal, my mom and I, to um, New York to do the Broadway audition. Uh, that was my very first time being in a New York audition. That's the first time, like... I didn't get used to New York at that time, but um, just being in the Big Apple was a great experience for a young girl. And uh, uh, Broadway auditions are definitely different than the ones I was used to, because I would only audition at my school, so I was used to people I knew, seeing faces I knew, a smaller stage. And then you go to the Broadway audition and you know nobody and it's just a giant room of girls uh, all practicing, all preparing, and then you go in, and <laughs> you have to uh, try everything out and do your best. Yeah, you make a good point, though. If you're uh, doing it in front of your peers, your parents, and the parents of the other kids at school, it seems a lot easier to be able to be yourself and be open and be able to find and, and locate those talents to be able to project them. But I think it would be, it has to be a lot harder if you're going in front of a group of uh, producers and it's really serious and you have no idea who any of these people are and you have hundreds of girls that are also auditioning for the same exact role. Uh, especially being young, it has to be pretty trying, but I'm sure it was a fun experience. Uh, it's kind of funny. I prefer, well, actually, I don't really mind either one, but um, I there's such a difference between doing like stage acting, stage auditions where you have to be like either in front of a camera and send it to them, or you have to be in person versus for example, like a voiceover audition where I would take my phone and a recording device and I'd be in my closet and it's just me. Like I have like no reason to be afraid. I'm just comfortable and I'm doing my best with myself. And then there is, um, like the on-camera ones where it's me and my mom because I need someone to start the camera. But it's really just like someone I know. It's just me and my mom. So I'm really comfortable and there's nothing to worry about. 
Absolutely. I I think that it's definitely uh, a lot more fun to um, be able to not have to go to this big studio. You get stuck in traffic. By the time you get there, you're half mad already. (laughs) It's probably just easier, as you said, to pull out the phone or you can get on your laptop and just record something, a promo or audition, and shoot it off to an agent or manager. It has to be so much easier. Oh, yeah, definitely. But then, of course, you have the few times that technology doesn't work. Um, and you have to struggle with that, getting it sent in. And so like either way, like everything has its pros and cons and it's like fun times and the times you're just so mad at it. (laughs) You live with it. It's an experience. You have a good time. Absolutely. And, uh, being diagnosed with nodules on your vocal cords had to be very trying, uh, in the middle of just getting up and running with your auditions and having all these huge dreams for your success and for where you can project your balance. Yeah, having, um, like, nodules on my vocal cords, and I think at that same time was just when I was fixing up um, what I like to call my shark teeth when I had, like, two rows of teeth growing. Um, Like, having to deal with that was, I mean, it was just something that I was used to. I didn't really understand, like, oh, it was like a condition. It was something that had to be fixed. So it was just something about me. And having the nodules turned me into the lovely voice that I have today. Well, nodules and then voice therapy to fix them. But, um, yeah, it gave me uh, what I have now. And I don't think I'd change it. I mean, after all, that voice was what won me the role in Wonder Park. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think uh, even girls have distinct changes in their voices the older that they get. I mean, you can't always have that same little, cute little voice. I mean, that looks funny coming out of my six foot four, uh, frame. Like, I would like a chocolate, please. <laughs> oh, definitely. Everyone changes. I I actually matured right. while we were making um, Wonder Park, like while we were recording it, and some like of course we have technology to like. Uh, higher like make my voice higher so that I sound you know like June uh but there are some takes so that they wouldn't have to use too much technology that they just tell me can you speak a little bit higher (laughs) that kind of reminds me of I remember reading uh on Fox and the Hound they recorded that movie over so many years they had uh Keith Coogan come on when he was uh pretty young and then after he had puberty uh, and it's it made for a really cool movie because it shows him getting older, and I think it's really pretty awesome that they do those kind of things in film. Yeah, uh, the movies that have the actor actually grow, like um, I can't remember the name of the series, but the one that has like Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. Uh, that series is really cool because it has the son, you know, in Unbreakable who he actually is the young boy, and then I think it's the same person who ends up being in Glass. Wow. And just watching them grow up, like, even though you don't really watch the stages, for some, like, for example, the uh, Harry Potter series, uh, you get to actually see them grow up, and, like, you see them turn from, like, a young child to the adult that they are. And then it happens with the voice, too, but you don't really get to see it, you hear it. But I just think those movies are really cool. 
I agree completely. And the last question I always like to ask is, what does the future hold for you? I'm sure you have some projects you may or may not be able to discuss, you know, with contractual agreements and paperwork. And oh, paperwork. yeah. Um, do you do conventions or anything? I was, uh, I, I get out to conventions, and I think they're, they're a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. The only thing I have in the works now are conventions. Um, I'm always auditioning, always looking forward to the next thing. I don't really care what it is. As long as I'm performing, I'm happy. And at comms, I get to perform. I get to do panels, and I get to talk. And, you know, it's performing, even though it's still me. So, um, yeah, it's always really fun. All all I know is that I'm either going to be on stage or on camera, and that is my future. Very true. Well, thank you so very much uh, for joining us today, Brianna. I am very thankful that you were uh, willing to come on. I'm sure you've uh, you've been doing a lot of press for this film, and I can't wait to see it. I'm going to have to uh, definitely find it because uh, I think it's right up my alley. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a great night. Thanks again. Right back at you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty, guys. If you guys just happen to join us uh, a few minutes ago, maybe 10 minutes or so, you know the spiel. You can always go back in about 15 minutes after the show ends and download the full archive. Uh, big thanks to you, Brianna Dempsey, again for joining us. we got a few shows uh, coming up. Um, so tomorrow's show, I, I'm not even going to mention because I'm pretty sure I haven't heard back uh, anything from the reschedule for her. Uh, September 4th, actor Jose Santiago Jr. returning to the show. He's going to be discussing his new film, Joanna. He's also, of course, known for his work on such film and TV shows as Chicago Fire, Sinister 2, Chicago PD. September 5th, my friend, author and owner of Rising Tide Publishing, Brian K. Morris returns ahead of his appearance at the 2019 SoCon. And, of course, SoCon is coming up in uh, five days from now. Holy cow, September 6th and 7th, 2019, it's Cross County Mall in Mattoon, Illinois. Go to SoCon.com. That's C-I-L-C-O-N, SoCon.com. Uh, for more information, absolutely free events. So be sure and check it out. We got some awesome guests this year. Uh, September 9th, we welcome filmmaker, makeup artist, and actress Athena Prahadko. She is going to be talking about some of her work. She is one of the hardest working women in independent film and uh, a very sweet woman as well. So it's going to be nice talking uh, with her. September 12th, actor, director, writer, producer. Peter Elving joins us. He wrote the screenplay for Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Gotta love those Rick Moranis comedies. Uh, he was also in such TV shows as Murphy Brown, Criminal Minds, Laverne and Shirley, Shaft, and Fuzz. Uh, wow. Uh, the 2019 Art History of Con is also coming up October 26th and 27th. 2019 at the City Center in Champaign, Illinois. DHHCon.com for more information on uh, up-to-date ticket prices as well as guest information. Lots of big hitters, as always, coming to these cons. So if you are in central Illinois, we would love to see you. Uh, JIA Podcasting, we're going to be out there. Uh, Josh, Ariana, and I, uh, JIA, it's it's just floating around. Uh, However you want to say it, we will uh, take it. Uh, But we've been working hard, and we look forward to seeing everybody. And thanks, of course, as always, for listening. Have a great night.